Guten Tabum, this is the way you say it in Germany, no? Hello everybody, this is the second episode of Billions in the Bank podcast. And we try to connect with different entrepreneurs or intelligent people to educate ourselves on new and hot trends that are coming about. My, today I have a lovely guest, his name is Mr. Phil Crippen, knowledgeable person in the IT field. And he is also doing a lot of work with the county of Los Angeles. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, hello, James. Thanks for having me on today. You're very welcome. We're pl it's a pleasure to talk to you today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you came from and where you're working right now so that the audience knows a little bit more about you? Uh, well, certainly. Uh, I have been, uh, I currently work with LA County. Um, in the IT space um, as a, a kind of a client advisory role to various departments um, within the county. I have 25 years, uh, over 25 years of experience in technology. I began as a network engineer so and a systems engineer, so I was very, you know, very involved in the physical aspects of the technology, and I've worked all the way through to different roles management roles, uh, CIO, uh, C, C, CIO, CTO, those types of positions. And I've worked with some various cities. I've worked with nonprofits, the arts, um, and the corporate world, security, that type of thing. And I'm very excited to be on here, very privileged to be on here with you, James. You're very welcome. So let's get straight into it. I would love to know your thoughts on basically robotics coming into play into the general public uh, with this new era that we're in which is 5G which is going to speed everything up for everyone. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about that and your thoughts on that? Well 5G is a, is a, is a real game changer. Um, there's been a lot positive and negatively written about it but in the in in the from the aspect that we're coming from and in, in discussing this, very positive um, because 5G allows for the bandwidth that is necessary to be able to do things on a larger scale and to make the smartphones even smarter. So um, I, as we've talked before, um, augmented reality is something that's been around for a little while. So there's a trend, there's a movement from, there's robotics that's existed for many, many years and that's just a piece of equipment that is, has a computer chip in it and it's controlled. It has, a, it has a set function that it does, but it doesn't have any intelligence in it. It's just robotics. Um, but we're talking about moving from augmented realities to artificial intelligence and to that type of robotics. And that type of robotics, sometimes people are scared because they think of like iRobot or the robots are taking over or something like that. But um, um, actually, I think we'll stay firmly in charge. Um, of this reality but the robots uh, no. pro the robots to be honest will be taking over would you say 70 percent of all manual labor within the next 10 years you think that's a fair estimate well yeah i think some will say um i think that's a fair estimate some will say that that is taking over and i suppose that it is um but there's a lot of things that can be done to position yourself to be uh, able to work and be successful within that space around robotics. And that's what we need to do, period. Um, 
you know, the, um, the idea that um, someone will replace a uh, fireman or a police officer with robotics is, uh, it, it may seem like, is that going to happen? Are we really going to do that? But in fact, if you look at it, if you set your definitions, uh, if you calibrate your definitions appropriately, you'll see that we already have it. You know, we have robotics within within these spaces. They're in the, the They're in the cases of drones or the robotic bomb uh, sniffer. You know, those types of technologies. But what we're what we're really looking at is is in the artificial intelligence world is for increasing the amount of data that can be processed by um, by uh, robots, by computers, and the need for that. For example, um, you have um, firemen, police officers, I mentioned, they're, they're just really great examples. They find themselves in situations that, that may make the hair on the back of their neck stand up where they're not sure about a situation. Well, today, there's the development of wearables, such as this type of a wearable, that you know it, it, it can read your biometrics. And if you have one for your job, then what that biometrics is doing is it's allowing you to have the support system that's necessary to do your job in law enforcement or in firefighting, um, even in even in the hospital. They put things on patients, right? They put the little oxygen sensor on 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 the person. So you think so, that maybe going the uh, robotic route will keep the prices and keep them prices stable? Yes. 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 Is exactly. The Great. Well, I'd love to uh, find out more about it so that we can educate ourselves because I honestly truly believe that the robotic technology will be the new hot industry to get involved in. So I believe that it's going to take between four and ten years to basically take over majority of general labor. I, I think a realistic statistic would be about 70%. Would you agree with that? I think that I would. Um, and it, to some, it may seem kind of scary. But um, I remember 25 years ago or so, someone telling me that it would take um, two or three lifetimes of writing code to, to do an animation of a stick figure walking across the screen of a computer, right? right. And and they thought there's no way someone could write the amount of code that would be necessary for it. So here you are today, you know, there's full movies like Toy Story, Toy Story 4, and they look real in a, in a lot of cases. And the, the point is, is that technology, what they didn't count on was that technology exponentially built upon itself. So somebody didn't have to write all this code. What happened is intelligence was written into code so that it could it could automate some of those processes the same thing is happening with people in their positions so it's going to there's a there's going to be learning the learning process that goes through artificial intelligence to then create the automation that robotics do is what's coming fast and furious and i believe that your estimates are well within well within possibility do you think in uh, a, an entrepreneur would be able to get into this field uh, easily, or do you think is a, a big threshold that needs to be passed to open a business that develops 
uh, robotic technology or, or computer technology that would assist uh, robots? Uh, well, that, that's a good question. Um, uh, you know, um, I think that uh, the, I think that um, that you need to. It's an expensive proposition, I would say, because you need to be immersed in technology, and technology doesn't come cheap, especially new technology. So I think that um, it's well worth it. It's coming, but it has to take someone that has, um, you know, kind of the the internal fortitude, you know, intestinal fortitude, as they say, to be able to handle it, because it, I think that it will be expensive. But this is an opportunity to hire the right kind of people. Um, and we can talk about the new, the new collar workers, the new collar worker type scenarios. But this is where you'll bring in people, the opportunities for, for the young people, for millennials and beyond. What is it, Generation Z? Yeah, so this this new collar workers are going to be writing this code. They're going to be developing these things, and that's what it is. It's, it's writing it's t it's writing intelligence into into programming, and um, so that's you know it, it's not that glamorous, but there's a huge bang for the buck. The end products are phenomenal in this sphere. What if a a, a person opened a corporation and then niched the robotic technology and concentrated on a specific industry and created the robotics for that specific industry. Do you think that would be uh, more appealing for younger people nowadays? Um, I don't know if it would be more appealing. It, it probably would, but I think that it's, 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 a, it's a smart way to look at it because um, you know, you're gonna have to like determine your market and then determine how many players you want to be in that market. You know, can you encompass the whole market? And then you create the products in that market. So it's an interesting thing. I love the idea of owning a market, not owning just a product, if that makes sense. So you're owning a product and you decide on the market's your whole world. So your whole world is your market. And then you, you go ahead and create your products. And then you, you, you fine tune those products based on your customer and what, their, uh, what your customer's needs are. The, when we had a conversation before, we talked about this, about the cost of labor in the United States and other Western countries such as Great Britain, France, Germany. The labor... Uh, is so expensive in these countries compared to the Far East, like China, Taiwan, Vietnam. Do you think that we would be able to compete on manufacturing uh, robotic technology and robotic arms in these countries to be able to compete with uh, the Far East? In you know, in many ways, in many ways we have. We just probably haven't done it right. You know. Um, uh, I think part of what you're referring to is how we outsource our manufacturing. We outsource the things that we need. And, and a lot of that is done with cheap labor still in some of these Europe, the, some of these um, Asian countries, they use, they use robotics, right. but they also use a lot of cheap labor and that imp impacts our, the cost of goods here. Um, and so that is a driver for artificial intelligence and robotics is, is, is because once you've developed it, it's you're not paying for labor, you're not paying for breaks, you're not paying for vacation time, you're not paying for sick time. 
you know, you have a whole nother, they, the robot just knows, just knows one thing to do work for you, to make money for you. And um, that does create some issues socially. And in this country, we're very like socially uh, evolved, I guess you'd say, you know, we're just so um, sensitive to, you know, people's, um, you know, personal situations. And when we talk about millennials, they really have helped to usher in a lot of this actually, because they've shown that they do not have the, the same connection that in previous generations past have had with their employer. You know, millennials, many millennials would rather not have their employer know anything about them. And that's kind of the antithesis of what we used to believe is that you needed, we needed to know everything about every employee, but they would rather, no, I just want to work for you. You know, it's, it's almost robotic in a sense, you know, that they, they just want to do their work and then they may move on. They may quit and move on to something else. And another thing that, that, that affects them is, is there, is there, is going to college and to go to a, a university. It's very expensive. And so you, you have to, if you decide you're going to be a dentist or a doctor, you know, or a nurse, you know, it, the, the education makes more sense because you're, you're, you're going to have the ability to pay back that student loan much more f- efficiently than if you were getting, you know, just getting a college degree in, in something that maybe did not have the um, job market outlook that other things did, or they weren't something you'd go into your own business to do. So you end up with these people that are highly educated and, and not seeing the salaries or the incomes that they would expect to be making. And then they have these high student loans. So that plays against the robotics. So that's kind of our landscape. Then you have these new, what are called new collar workers. Of course, we know blue collar means people that work generally, you know, labor. And then we have white collar workers, which are generally work in an office environment and are in management, that type of thing, white collar. Um, New collar is, is, is an employee or a person that does not have a high level of education like university level, but they are very smart. They are, they are certified or they have accomplished something in their, in their work environment. They're in a, they've gone through an apprenticeship. And so they have these skill sets and the pay, their pay is more in, a, in alignment with what the market would, would, would be willing to pay compared to someone who's thinking, well, I went to the university of, of Michigan and I expected that I would be making $150,000 to do this job. And the new collar worker is saying, uh, I, I'm good. If I make half of that, if I make 75,000, I'm living a good life. So that's all playing. And what happens is in this country is our government tends to want to, um, to want to make sure that the average worker is taken care of is, is being, being helped along through minimum wage through um, uh, through taxing or, or in some ways, some of the taxes that this country has are, can be considered punitive in a way because they want to move the market. They want to move the market away from uh, maybe the robotics and into hiring more people. So they'll, do, they'll influence the market with either taxation or other means. Uh, uh, the big one is, is raising the, the uh, minimum wage. And so what does a company naturally do then? The company naturally rejects this because they can't go out of business. They have a lot of people that they employ. They have a lot of customers that they service. So they don't want to, to, to lose that. And they, 
they they generally are going to pass on the the higher expense, the higher cost of doing business to the customer. And they don't really, they don't people contrary to what maybe people think, they don't really want to do that. They want to keep their prices low and competitive. So you think so, that maybe going the uh, robotic route will keep the prices and keep them prices stable? Yes. 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 Is exactly the point of this is that is that is that they'll find other means in their production in their in their creating their products they'll find other means to do it that will do it cheaper and robotics is a great way to do that so the industry's huge and when you when you consider you mentioned to me before 5G when you when you consider 5G well now you've turned every type of thing including like this wearable into into a computer that can that can do that can be involved in your robotic experience or your artificial intelligence experience. Right. So the wearables and how that how that allows. No, that we haven't allows. talked about that. We talked about that personally, but we didn't talk about that. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about the wearables and, and how you see that they're trying to push it in the, the county of Los Angeles. Why don't you explain that to the viewers? Well, sure. Well, this all comes about from myself from getting with uh, IBM during the CES convention in Las Vegas. It's a consumer electronics show. Um, it's been around for, for years and years, decades. And um, um, wearables is, is something that can intelligently work. It can intelligently work with an employee or a worker and with a um, robotic, a robot. So you take a police officer who has a uh, GoPro camera on, he's got a wearable, and this is data. These are data points that are being sent into, and this is all part of a design. This is architecture that I'm talking about, okay? So um, I, I don't, in this, in this conversation, I don't have use cases to talk to you about specifically because this is all developing real you know, quickly. But you take a police officer who has a wearable on, and that wearable is measuring his heart rate, is measuring the oxygen levels in his blood, is measuring his blood pressure, is measuring his breathing rate. Is it shallow? Is it rapid, etc.? Well, those things can be marked as data points to determine if a police officer is in danger, if he needs help, if he needs to have a, a drone do a flyby to check the situation out. Um, uh, to provide a police dog, etc. So they're able to do that without the police officer pushing any kind of a panic button. You know, these are the these are the metrics that really represent the hair on the back of your head standing up. It's a, it's it's that happening on the wearable, and when that happens, then in dispatch they see on a board that this officer needs to have uh, one of those resources sent to him, a police dog, a drone, another police officer. Firemen, the same thing, based on you, the temperature readings. Go ahead. Based you, on the temperature readings, go ahead. From what you're seeing right now, do you think that they'll be using drones actively within cities in the United States? Well, I think so. So they'll be using those for like, uh, for example, for the police force, for the fire brigade, those will so we will see more drones in the air in this in the near future. Yeah, it's not a question of will we see them because we already do. It's will we see more of them, and we absolutely will because that's again you're dealing with you're dealing with 
everything is about collecting more and more data and having it be able to tell you something or do something. Drones are information. So if you have more drones, more drone activity, that's information, that's data points that are collected so that you are more informed, you know what to do. That's how the robotics, that's how the robotics is going to be working. That's how it's going to work in factories. And I do think that, you know, something else we had talked about that, that the robotic factory of the future is going to be something that's created from the ground up as a separate process, a separate function within organizations so that they're not considered competitive with human beings. Human beings will run these devices. Human beings will write the code. As I mentioned, the uh, new, new collar worker, they're going to be hired to write code and to, to, to build these things, if you will. We've talked about robotics, you know, standardized robotics uh, school curriculum, because that's, that's something that can happen early on, community college level, all the way down to uh, fourth, fifth grade, first kindergarten, you know, introduction to it. But that's, that's where the market will be. That's where I would see if, if there is any unionization because our country, and especially I work with LA County, LA County is, has a, ma a massive union. These things are important to navigate. So, But it will cut costs though by using robotic technology, no? I mean, it will yeah. it reduce so many uh, individuals from doing their activities that they do right now. Well, I'll tell you something as an example that's happening right now. We're having a Zoom, we're having a Zoom podcast, right? Um, well, we use Microsoft Teams meeting. That's a product that we use at the county. And we're all working remotely. We're working from home. Our programmers are working from home. Our security people are working from home. Uh, I believe that we have 95% of the work, workforce working from home. What does that mean for the future of office buildings? We have hundreds of office buildings that cost tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in utilities, in custodial, in uh, electricity. Some of those are going to go away. That's a cost savings. And that's, so that's a cost savings of realizing, see, we've had to realize because of this COVID-19 situation that we, well, we need to figure out how to set ourselves up to work from home. It works really well. And it's a, it, and, and it's a technology that's changing the, the landscape of the county. If they need to have a meeting, they don't need a meeting conference room, do they? They can do this. The one thing I just wanted to touch on real quick was augmented reality because I wanted to do a shout out to uh, Pokemon Go and that in on July 6th of 2016, um, the world was introduced to augmented reality, which is which is a, a, a imaginary world combined with the real world. And that's what Pokemon Go was, is you had to go and find these characters anywhere in the world. They were they would exist in buildings or at uh, uh, national parks or anywhere in the world and you would capture these things and Amazon as well has an augmented reality where if you're looking at furniture you're looking at jewelry you can actually with your camera phone 5g really helps this you can actually uh, see what that furniture will look like in your own living space or on your on your wrist that wristwatch on your wrist and I just want to mention that because that that stuff would not be rolled out by these large companies if if not for 5g and if not for the fact that 
moving from that is robotics and process automation and all that stuff that we've been talking about. So I just want to do a shout out to the augmented reality and then training. People use augmented reality to do training like a video game. So. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time, Mr. Crippen. It's been a pleasure thank talking you. to you on the podcast and it's been a pleasure talking to you prior to the podcast and we will definitely have you back on the show uh, so that you can educate the viewers uh, a little bit more about your extensive knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to it.